0: You're listening to Serious Business with Andy Audate. Serious talk on business, marketing, and finance to win in this new economy. In this podcast, every single day, Andy Audate reveals cutting edge strategies, technologies, techniques, and solutions to exponentially grow your business in the new economy. All right, so today I'm super excited to have on the podcast, on the show, the Susie Pruden. I'm talking about she's going to bring you a wealth of knowledge about publishing your book, your life story, taking it from your brain, put it on paper, and creating a legacy. She's the CEO of Itty Bitty Publishing and a speaker on the Progression Conference National Tour. I'm so excited. Thank you for being on the show, Susie.
1: Thank you for inviting me and introducing me to all of your phenomenal attendees. 100%.
0: 100%. So, Susie, let's backtrack a little bit. Before you became the CEO of 80 Bitty Publishing, before you started sharing other people's stories and their memoirs and their life stories in the book form, who was Susie then, before the book publishing?
1: Well, the Susie's been many, many different things. So, I started my first company when I was 22 in 1965. And it was a fitness school in New York City. My mother was the nation's foremost fitness authority. She started the president's council on physical fitness and sports. And so when I had to, I ran away and got married because my mother told me I couldn't date the boy I was dating, so I married him. <laughs> and then, I mean, that's what you do, right? And then I was- You're a natural
0: born him. rebel, huh?
1: I, that and a natural born leader and a natural born entrepreneur. So I started my company as a fitness expert because she was a fitness expert. And I used the name Pruden, which is her name and now my name to launch myself. It was her name that got me in the doors and my name that kept me in there. And I became very well known in New York City. I basically had the largest fitness school for children in New York. And people thought I was a little weird because I taught two-year-olds. And yet the school started calling me after a few years wanting to know what I was doing. And it became a prerequisite. If you wanted your child to go to a good nursery school in New York City, you sent them to me first at the age of 15 months or there around and i would teach them and that was my specialty and i ended up writing my first book Uh, i sold it in the east hampton long island to an editor from william morrow at a cocktail party in 1971. that was your
0: first deal?
1: that was my first book 1971 it was fitness for children four weeks to four years i don't think she really cared about the topic. It was my name that was important. And after I sold the book, then I went and got an agent who then negotiated the book deal. And I've had agents ever since. And I recommend that to anybody who wants to go to a big publisher. I've done 11 books. I have a New York Times bestseller. I've been on all the talk shows. I've been on Oprah. I've then after I sold my business, I did my then 83. And then I went on a journey, Eat, Pray, Love. I just didn't eat very much. And then I discovered the mind. That's a very big playground. And I started creating body-mind technology.
0: What do you you mean you discovered the mind? Like, What does that actually mean?
1: Well, I didn't know that there was a power in the mind. I didn't know that you, when you think it, you create it. I didn't know that. But then I learned that. I I did workshops and and, um, discovered that I had a power much greater than I realized, which was my own mind. And because I was a body person, I started to look at how the body and the mind work together to teach you what you need to know to move through life more easily. Because every part of the body represents an aspect of your life. And if you're having difficulties with a body area, it usually corresponds with a life area. And I worked with Louise Hay for a while. She published one of my books, uh, Meta Fitness, Um, Your Thoughts Taking Shape, which is the book that got me on the Oprah show. And then I wrote a book after that called Change Your Mind, Change Your Body. So those of you who are watching this and listening to this realize that your thoughts create your reality and you have to notice your thoughts because you always get to be right. And that's a whole training unto itself itself. And then I discovered hypnosis and became a hypnotherapist, had the largest weight loss hypnosis centers in Los Angeles. Then 2008 came and everything dissolved. I was a franchise and I lost my franchise, which it was a wonderful thing because then I just opened up Susie Pruden International, worked with entrepreneurs to help them get past. So is that a conflict
0: that happened in in, in your story is that when there was a challenge, and you, you overcame the challenge. During the challenge, it was a challenging time, but it up up becoming a blessing afterwards?
1: Every t- every challenge has turned out to be the best thing afterwards. Eight months... You're going to like this story. Eight months after Oprah, I ended up homeless. I had spent my money, and I, I didn't know how to make money other than what I had done. And so I spent 10 months living with friends and... Um, I would, I would, because I was, this is funny, because I was a famous person and I'd, I'd done 18 national tours and I'm a very respected speaker, I got speaking opportunities during this time when I didn't have a place to live. So very often I'd spend a week at Rancho La Puerta, which is a five-star spa in Mexico, all expenses paid because I was teaching there two hours a day. And I went to Maui for two weeks because I was conducting a workshop. And then I went to Maui for six weeks because I was taking a workshop. So I had all these experiences during this time when I had no money and no place to live that were quite extraordinary. And I realized that as I was going through this, this was probably one of the greatest gifts I could receive. So the best thing that anybody can do is when they're in a really challenging situation is to look at what's the gift what am i learning from this experience how can i use this to make me a better person make my life a better life and to do more which is my focus do more on the planet that makes a bigger difference to make people's lives better for them so that was a period that was really tough and and,
0: and after overcoming well let's talk about the during because i'm sure there's some listeners who are, who are who may hear you and hear the the, the growth that you've had since the growth that you've had in your businesses and your in, your in your life, but let's talk about the mindset that kept on that kept you going. Because there's people while you were experiencing those few months of homelessness, there's people who started being homeless at the same time and are still currently homeless, or go at an extreme long period of time of homelessness and end up dying. So, what would you say is your mindset that allowed you to keep progressing on?
1: Well, that's a good question. And there was a moment, and anybody who's been where I was knows this moment, when you make a decision, am I going to let it all go and stay in this really (coughs) awful place or am I going to go step back into life? And I watched that decision as I I thought about it. There was a, a line And on one side of the line was, just let it go, just let it go, go get a shopping cart and the hell with this, excuse me. Or it's like, okay Susie, it's gonna take a lot of work, but you can do this. And that's the road I took. And every morning when I woke up, I'd say, okay, so what do I have to do to make money today? What do I have to do to improve my life today? And basically, I have a very strong relationship with a higher power. And so I would say, okay, I call the higher power God. Some people call it the force. Some people call it the radiator. I don't know. It depends on your belief system. I call it God. I'm not a religious person, but I'm extremely spiritual. I say, where do you want me? And then I would go into my day, and that's that's where my day led me. But there's one thing that... And this may sound very strange. I believe in magic.
0: Mm.
1: I really believe in magic. So while I was living in a room in someone else's house and I was working on a book, um, a friend of mine lived in that same house and we were working on the book together. And out of nowhere, I got a phone call from an attorney that I had worked with, this was in 1990, in 1986, i had had a lawsuit because I fell at Studio 54 and the attorney called me, no, this is before 86, this is 83. So now it's 1990, that's seven years previously and called me and said, they just made a settlement and I'm sending you a check. Now, out of nowhere, So, but I believe that those things happen Mm. and so they do. Uh Another um, great experience that happened around that same time. And the reason I tell this is allow yourself to imagine having, instead of constantly focusing on the not having, because whatever you focus on is what you create. Now, I don't know, I do know why I created the homeless situation in the first place. I was pretty arrogant. And the universe said, enough is enough. We got to bring her down a peg. And so they did. And I remember saying to friends of mine, I had a beautiful little house in Topanga, which is just north of Los Angeles, a wonderful community. And I had a beautiful little guest house. And I said to friends one day, the only way I'm going to leave this house is if the universe throws me out. So it did. I did. It did. So you have to be very careful what you say. You have to be very cognizant of what you think. My sister and I, I was visiting her in New York City, which is where I used to live. I live in LA now. And we were sitting in her apartment commiserating because both of us were going through a really difficult financial time. And both of us had been very wealthy at one point. And I talk about that in my talks. I was born rich. And it took me 48 years to lose it all so that I could have the rags to riches story. And, but I didn't start that way. And we inherited a lot of money. And so we were joking around. and We said, well, maybe someone will die and leave us some money. And then the other person said, wait, that's not a good idea. Don't, don't, don't put that out there. Because just, it's just close family. And so the other one, one of us said, we don't know who. Well, maybe someone we don't know will die and leave us some money. Now, how off the wall is that?
0: That's pretty, that's pretty crazy To,
1: to. Yeah, it's, it's totally crazy. So I'm looking at my image and I'm seeing that the light is here, but there's no here, but I do have another side to my face. So anyway. I, I, we, on our side, we can see it completely clear. Oh good, okay, you're fabulous. So um, six weeks later, my uncle called me. No, was it my uncle? No, my cousin. And I go, oh no, my uncle died. And He said, no, 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 Susie. Do you remember Dr. Schoenfeld? Now my grandfather is a German Jew, but he came over here in 1906 and he's a very wealthy man. They own the richest private bank in Germany. And during the war, three of his university colleagues were interned in concentration camps. And he bought them out. He paid money to the Nazis to free them. And he brought them here to the United States and he supported them for the rest of their lives because they were pretty damaged from the concentration camps. With their families and Dr. Schoendorf died and then his daughter inherited the money and when she died she had no issue so she left it to my sister and me and my uncle and one other person and I didn't know her. What was your relation? I the relationship with the daughter was that she was the daughter of the man whom my grandfather that basically My grandfather saved their lives.
0: Your grandfather saves this group. These your grandfather saves a group of people who were going, who were part of the concentration camp.
1: Yeah.
0: And they can't. Your grandfather took them from the from wherever they were in Germany, took brought them to United States, and take care of them for the rest of their life. Yes. Then there was there was they had they had kids, and their kids. Their daughter. One person's daughter. Oh, one person's daughter. Left me passing, passing away, and chose that your your grandfather's lineage. Yes. To their to their estate for to your grandfather's lineage, and now you were the benefiters, that the benefit the people who benefit from your grandfather's lineage. So now you come up on this money you had no idea.
1: Yes, I said maybe someone will die and leave us money, so they did, and, and it that, was that,
0: was I... that you, it was someone that you don't know. Don't know.
1: Don't know. I didn't know her.
0: And so you this conversation that you had with your sister yeah. was like you watched what you, you saw it, Oh, I messed up. Like I, I effed up on saying that someone going to die and leave us money. So what happens if it's someone we don't know and right. they left us money and you guys maybe laughed about it. Yep. And the next thing you know, six weeks later that actually happens. Yep. Wow. So
1: You've got to be careful. I got I got a lot of great stories about asking God for money and it's showing up. And, uh, So I'm going to, I mean, I don't know about anybody else, but this year, January was a phenomenal year, business-wise. February was less than stellar. So I've been looking at that and going, okay, so what do we have to do to turn this around? And as I'm looking at it and saying, okay, we need to turn this around. We need to bring in more money. It's starting to come in. I mean, it's like, uh, you you can open the floodgates. Yeah. And 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 for those of of you and I guess they're all aspiring speakers. Is there's an audience that needs your story?
0: One hundred percent, yep.
1: And for those of you who want to write a book, we do. Two, is it okay if I segue into this? Okay, there's two types of books that we publish. Oh, actually, we publish three, four types. We publish the Write Your Story book. It's the it's called Legacy Press, and Uh, You can can write your memoirs, leave your legacy. And then there's Itty Bitty Publishing, which is not a, it's a very different type of book. You have to realize 95% of Americans don't read. And we all need information. And every speaker needs an informational product that they can sell to somebody, hand to somebody, send to somebody who is the decision maker where they want to speak because a person with a book gets the job faster than a person without a book but you don't have to write it and you shouldn't write a 300 page itty bitty publishing is books by experts f- which give information We i like to say we're the new dummies difference between dummies and itty bitty dummies are 350 pages you have to read with a yellow highlighter Itty bitty books are the yellow highlights. Mm. And make sure that people go from your book to your web, which is where you capture them and their business. So you want to use your book as a lead generator and, and by giving people stellar information that you know so that it positions them where people say, wow, they've got a book and now let's put them on stage.
0: That's powerful. And I know and when you shared this with me uh, late uh, last year, that's when, that's when I, got, I discovered Susie last year, and then uh, we decided to joint work together. And so she is coming on the Progression Conference national tour. Now share with me, uh, Susie, what will you be sharing on the stage at
1: the Progression Conference? Basically, how to write a book, either a memoir, if that's what you want to do, or an itty-bitty book. And how to, how to it's really about how to position yourself as an expert. Because every single speaker, and I'm, a, I'm assuming that the people coming to your event are all speakers or they really want to be speakers. Am I correct?
0: Or they want to be brands. They're growing. they they growing their brand.
1: They want to be a a brand. Well, then there's nothing better to use than a book. One hundred percent. Yeah, and and I mean, when if anybody there googles me, Susie S U Z Y Pruden P R U D D E N, you'll see all my fitness stuff first, and that's because I was a brand as Susie Pruden. I had my own TV show on NBC in New York City. I was the fitness person on The Prime of Your Life for three and a half years. I had a seven-minute segment on live television every Sunday. Huge. And people would recognize me wherever I went. I was the brand. Suzy Pruden was the brand. What was interesting when my sister and I started Itty Bitty Publishing, it had been Susie Pruden's Itty Bitty. And my sister decided, I asked her to redo a cover, and she took my name off and put your amazing Itty Bitty. And after my ego got over it, I looked at it and said, Actually, that's a million dollar business. Wow. Yeah. Because it was no longer attached to me, it was wider. So, for those of you who are listening right now, if you're building your personal brand, then everything has to be your name first. So, my name was on everything Susie Prudence, this, Susie Prudence TV, Susie Prudence Radio, Susie Prudence. It was all Susie Prudence. Now it's all itty bitty. So I am rebranding myself, and it's interesting because people are beginning to say, I've heard of you, and it's not Suzy Pruden now, it's itty bitty. But then people see my name tag, it's funny, they'll see my name tag you know, on my shoulder right up here, and and they'll say, are you that Suzy Pruden? And I said, yes, I am that Susie Pruden. <laughs> and then they'll say, are you related to Bonnie Pruden? And then I'll say, that's my mother, yes. Yeah, that's so, awful. So, branding and and you know with the progression to it, that's a brand. That is a brand, and you're doing everything that you can to make that so that when people hear it, they go, "Oh, that's I know who that. That's Andy," and um, and you're doing it very well, by the way. And now for those people who are going to be in your audience, they have to think, okay, so this is what I do and this is who I am. How can I make what I do and who I am synonymous? So in my first career, my name was synonymous with exercise. Also, I'm second generation prudent, which makes it even more so. Because my mother wrote 18 books and she started the President's Council on Physical Fitness and Sports. So I I come by that career like it was born into me. And then I had had enough and I wanted to stretch out on my own I was still. And this is interesting because in 1988 I wrote the book Metafitness Your Thoughts Taking Shape for Hay House. And I was trying to bridge the uh, create a bridge between fitness which is where I started and metaphysics which is where I was at that time. So I called it Metafitness. But the bookstores knew me as fitness So they put all my books, which were actually metaphysical books, in the fitness section. And fitness people in the 80s were not interested in metaphysics. Metaphysical people in the 80s were not interested in fitness. So the book did okay, but it only sold, I guess, about 40,000 copies. It didn't do what we had wanted it to do because people could not compute that. I was talking to Barbara DeAngelis, who went from relationship coaching, which is very well known at, to soul work, and people are scratching their heads, and she said she's never done anything more difficult than to make a bridge from where she was to where she is, and have people understand it, because they would put her, her new books into the relationship, personal growth, when actually she was going beyond relationship into the relationship with the soul inside yourself. That is you. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's, a, it's a conundrum when you're in, in switching brands. And that's the point. I was switching genres, basically. I was going from so fitness to... So you suggest, like, let's talk about the person, because I, I see
0: in, in, in one light, you know, one of the uh, Tony Robbins former mentors caught wind of me, and I went to his house, and I got to sit down with him, and he, and he was sharing with me. He's like, Andy, you're going in the right direction with this progression stuff. But he, what he mentioned about Tony was that Tony's uh, has a bit of a pickle in his handle. And what, what the challenge is, is that for every uh, seminar, Tony has to present. Right. So, Andy, if you're going to go in this route, let me just kind of warn you, and he was kind of sharing with me, if you're going in the route of promoting Andy, our date, and the progression, and, and bring them two together, you're going to have to be the one of the people that has to present or you can go the route where progression is the brand or something else is the brand and you're, you're, you're focusing on that brand versus your personal. So what are your suggestions in, in the branding? Since you have so many years of experience, what are your suggestions in, in the brand? Uh, shall someone go personal or is it uh, focused on, on a business
1: outside yourself? That's a great, great question and it really depends on what they're doing. For example, if it's an actor, it has to be their name. If it's, a, if it's a writer of novels or something like that, it has to be their name. It's like James Patterson. If I see a James Patterson book, I automatically buy it, except there is one author that he works with that I don't like, so I won't buy that book. But for the most part, if I see a James Patterson book, I know that it's going to be an easy read. I can be very tired and read it and get full enjoyment out of it. So it's a great book for me when I'm, I'm a reader and it's my downtime. Um, if it's an actor, if it's a writer, somebody like that. For you, the progression um, uh, train, What what is it? The progression what? Conference. Uh, the pro- progression conference, the progression tour. That's perfect because, and then you are by Andy. And so now what happened when we went from Susie Pruden's itty bitty, whatever it was, to your amazing itty bitty we took because I have a history and the history is fitness so when people think Susie Pruden they think fitness but I'm not doing that anymore and so we had to get me out of the way so I would suggest that someone has to really look at what are they doing and does it have a name can you create a name that is not you it can be as yours is the progression conference by Andy instead of Andy's conference that happens to be a progression mm. so it 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 it's so, interesting because a lot of people want their name to be first, that can be a hindrance later
0: mm-hmm. on because nobody knows it so in this day and age, do you suggest that the, like for the people that are listening in this day and age do you suggest that People should put their name first, like say if they're starting from completely scratch, and they're they're a, a personal brand like myself. shall they put their name first, completely from scratch. They just woke up today, created their name in the business. Should they put their personal name first, or should they put the business name first, or or the product name first?
1: Okay, so I'm going to say it depends on what you're doing. For example, every single itty bitty author, when I when I work with them, what I do with itty bitty books is help people take their book and turn it into a seven-figure business. And what I see whenever I work with people is how they can use their book to create programs, seminars, webinars, podcasts, teleseminars, all the different things. And then if they name it, they have to, they could take their part of their name. Okay, let me back up. Pilates. Pilates was a dancer in the 20s and 30s who injured himself, that's 1920s. He injured himself, and in healing, he created a series of exercises that healed him. Now, he was just, he had a little studio in New York City. He taught people just here and there. It's like I did in the beginning. I had classes, I had one-on-ones. But if you look at the way the fitness industry has moved, Pilates programs are in every gym, and every spa in the world. That was his name, but he didn't call, I think his first name was Henry. He didn't call it Henry Pilates Movement. Somehow it just became Pilates. So you have to play like with McDonald's, it. Like McDonald's, okay. okay. Like McDonald's. Yeah. Yep. yep. So you have to play with it and you also have to be careful you don't become attached. Cause for a while I was very attached to my name. It had to be Susie Pruden. And then when my sister took my name off the book and I looked at it, my ego had a moment. It was like, really, you want to take my name off? And then I looked further and went, wait a second, that's a big business because my name isn't there. Because if my name had been on my company, there's, a, there's, a, there's, a, an it, there's something in the mind that says, wait a second, that's fitness. And it's not, it's like now I'm doing publishing. I never, ever thought I would be a publisher. I never dreamed of it. It just fell in. It was a God gift. I uh, was talking to God, and I said, I'm really tired of doing what I was doing. I was coaching, doing hypnosis. I said, I want to do something bigger. I want to reach more people. I want to make a bigger difference. And that um, holiday season was 2014. My sister and I had asked her to change the cover on a book and make it smaller, and she did. And that's how where she took my name off, and it was... Itty-bitties, your amazing itty-bitty weight loss, because my specialty at that time had been weight loss when we wrote the book. This is funny. We wrote the book in 2006, and we did what we were told to do by buying the 2,000 copies and making it a, a certain size, and we followed all the instructions that a coach gave us. 2006, we bought 2,000 copies. I think I had 1,800 left.
0: Oh, my gosh.
1: I know. And so when we when we started itty bitty it was a whole new concept, and actually it it it's an amazing concept because you have, you have fifteen things you want people to know about your expertise. So it's your it's it's your amazing itty bitty. Um, speaker's manual. Fifteen things you need to know to get booked on stage consistently.
0: Oh, so you, you've you taken the concept of having a word page book and things that people ain't going to read in the first place, and you you brought it down to a concept where people can still read and still consume in a short bit. So hey, here's the bite size of the actual exactly. book. Exactly. Remove the stories and the fat that you need that, that's in the usual books, and give it to them itty bitty. Now I understand clearly what is itty bitty. Susie thank you so much for your, for the, you know sharing your wisdom today with
1: us. How can people be getting in contact with you? Oh that's a great question. Thank you. www.ittyittybittybittypublishing.com. Ittybittypublishing.com. And there's a you can you can fill out a little opt in and our office will call you and I will get on the phone with you and say so. What do you want to write about? Who are you? What do you do, and what do you want to write about? And uh, we do have Legacy Press, which is your, your memoir. We do have uh, we do have a children's line, and we actually have, we just started a cookbook line. So we're having a blast, and we're helping people get out in the world, make a bigger difference, and make a name for themselves.
0: Powerful, powerful. Susie, thank you so much. I can't wait to see you on stage in a couple months at the Progression Conference. Hey. If you don't know Susie Pruden for who she is today and the success, the tremendous amount of success that she's giving to so many entrepreneurs and and authors like myself, make sure to check out Susie Pruden at ittybittypublishing.com. And in addition to that at the Progression Conference where we're taking, uh, we're taking that message and expanding it and working with together with Susie and I. So go to progressionticket.com to learn more about the Progression Conference. Once again, Progression ticket.com. Susie, once again thank you so much for your time.
1: Thank you for inviting me on your show.